HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. The Big Food Question is partnering with TD Bank on five special episodes about the resilience of small businesses in the face of a constantly shifting pandemic landscape. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, well, well, welcome. Welcome to the last days of Earth. We're reporting (laughs) straight from hell. I'm your co-host, the Jersey Devil. Who the hell are you? Uh, Chupacabra? Oh, El Chupacabra. El Chupacabra or just a Chupacabra? I'm the Chupacabra. The one and only. Okay, well, welcome, Chupacabra. How are (laughs) you? I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm okay, I guess. Actually, you know what? I'm, I'm fine. I'm enjoying... Um, the end days, it it feels, you know, like that outside. It's over 100 degrees here in New York City. But wasn't it just cold in New York? Someone was Yeah, exactly. (laughs) None of it makes any sense. We haven't even had a break. It's just been fucking 90,000 degrees every day. It's like torture. And I like it when it's really hot. But Me too. It's like so hot that you just like, when you go outside, you're just like smacked in the face with how hot it is. Yeah, I just saw a ghost in a sheet fly past my window, so. <laughs> I also saw Halloween candy out at the grocery store today. And I really? Like, you guys chill. What about the entire month of September? Was it melted? No, it's refrigerated inside the grocery store. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. I saw some, like, melted items the other day in the grocery stores, like some kind of, like, chocolate-covered cookies or something, but they were all melted to the, like, win- you know, the little, like, cellophane window on the outside. Oh, and yeah. I thought about contacting a manager, but then I was like, why (laughs) why me this doesn't have to be my problem i don't have to fight everybody's war you don't it's true i know you know what else is true nicole what that nobody's favorite person chet hanks is once again in the news oh i did not know that who what's going on what's the story with chet uh well he's joined the peace corps no i'm just kidding he went on a rant about, you know, an anti-vax rant, surprise, surprise, telling everyone that it's like the flu and that people need to just get over it. Um, was he at a cemetery? What, was he at a cemetery? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Just but I mean, all those people that they should get over it, the dead people is what I'm Oh, say. yes, yes, yeah. He was at a cemetery, and uh, that's where I saw the ghost in the sheet. No, but... um. <laughs> Yeah, telling everyone that they should get over it. And uh, so then I made the mistake of going on Chad Hanks's Instagram. 
Sure. That is a mistake. And then I went on Rita Wilson's Instagram to be like, do these people like even still speak to each other? And they do. She just recently wished him a happy birthday in a post where she said something to the like of dearest Chet, happy birthday. You make us all laugh in your own special way. The only way that you can. And I was just like, "Is uh, maybe she's bad too. We can't trust her now. Well, I mean, I never trusted Rita. I did. I gave her all my life. She's the signature on my, uh, the beneficiary of my life insurance. Well, here's the thing. She seems great because she's in Sleepless in Seattle, but Mm -hmm. she also birthed Chet Hanks out of her, you know? Yeah, I know. But that is a very, like, kind of mean birthday wish. Like, you make us laugh in your very special way that you cannot (laughs) alter no matter how hard we try to make you. (laughs) Dude, this person... I don't know, needs to be stopped. But nature has a way of weeding people out. And you never want to go and say, like, he's like, I haven't gotten it yet. Look at me. I'm fine. It's like you really don't want to do that. That's like a surefire way to die of the thing you're mocking. Like, Well, you know what's really funny is that his parents both got it early on. I know. It is funny. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. Ha ha. Um, but, yeah, Chet, Chet Hanks remains... Um, a mystery wrapped inside a riddle, tied up inside a rhyme, all stuffed inside an angry white man's body. <laughs> Stay did away you, from him. <laughs> did you see if Colin Hanks liked his birthday wish? Maybe his brothers don't talk. I don't even think he's related. He doesn't look like anyone else in the family. I feel like he just, they found him on the side of the road or something. He was in a bassinet. But, like, he's like the problem child. Yeah. Except he doesn't have red hair yet. Anyway... In other celebrity news that I wanted to mention, another celebrity that has found themselves in hot water this week is <laughs> Matt Damon. What? Mm-hmm. What Matt happened? Damon, while plugging his new Amanda Knox knockoff movie, went on some, oh, to the New York Times, said that up until recently, he's used the F slur. Not the fuck word. The no, other like the f word, like fuck. <laughs> no, the other f word that was used to describe uh, gay people. Oh no! Back in the day, which is completely unacceptable. He said that he has up until recently used it until his teenage daughter gave him a quote treatsy by writing him a note and telling him why it's not cool to say that. What's treatsy? I don't know a treat. I don't know what the fuck a treatsy is. <laughs> I guess it's when somebody tells you that you're an ignorant piece of shit. Are you sure it wasn't a treatise? What's a treatise? It's like a something to do that the government does. They sign a treatise with other countries. Oh, like a treaty? No. Hmm, interesting. Anyway. Oh, wait, but I'm probably thinking of the definition. I don't know. I should just stop talking before I humiliate myself in front (laughs) of our six listeners. Anyway, Matt Damon. Um... Not cool. And uh, this is just kind of like one of many things that Matt Damon has said over the past couple of years after I started doing a deep dive that makes him seem like uh, extremely not with the times, to say the least. Okay, so a treaty is what I was talking about, but a treatise is a written work dealing formally and systematically with a subject. Hmm, That probably is what he was saying, but I read it as treatsy, which is funnier. (laughs) (laughs) And she gave me a little treatsy, said, Dad, don't say the F word anymore. Not cool, man. Um, 
God, I just can't picture like 50 year old Matt Damon saying the <laughs> F word. At the fucking dinner table? What is with these people? How did they get to these positions they're in? Oh my God. I know. Anyway, what's new with you? Have you done anything strange lately? Followed anyone mm-hmm. to the, their home thinking it was a thrift store? No, but I went to the dentist today because that's where I love to go. Okay. And give them all my money. And I got a routine filling and the anesthesia made my lips swell up. So now I have like a swollen, it looked like a Kardashian kind of. Really? That sounds very sexy, actually. It's not, I don't like it. It feels weird. And I thought it would go down by now because I went to the dentist at nine in the morning. You only have one swollen lip? Is it the top or the bottom? The top. Okay. Well, that's a little bit hotter. The, bo- the bottom is a little bit of like a sling blade situation. I look kind of like, uh, you know, Meg Ryan when she was going through the tough times. <laughs> yeah. What was that movie that I told you I saw with Meg Ryan the other day? Oh, God. I can't remember. Something about Moonlight. Mm, yeah anyway not important don't watch it it was terrible but i did watch another movie serious that I, moonlight serious moonlight was seriously not good and uh i watched another movie the other day because i just finished this book wild and crazy guys which i mentioned on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and it's just like a kind of deep dive salacious behind the scenes of like all the com- like our favorite comedians of the 70s 80s and today mm-hmm. and um <laughs> heavily featured was dan Aykroyd, chevy chase john candy Never knew that the three of them did a film together in 1991, directed the one and only film ever directed by Dan Aykroyd, a little movie called Nothing But Trouble. Have you ever seen it? No, but it's in the documentary, the the Belushi documentary. Okay, this is the worst movie ever made. And I hate to say it because my three favorite, com- three of my favorite comedians are in it. And I was like, this has to be like entertaining. And Demi Moore is in it. And it is not good. It is very, very strange and troubling. It is, it is truly nothing but trouble. <laughs> and like in the last chapter of my book, they were like, I hadn't listened to the last chapter yet. And they're like, and then in 1991, Dan Aykroyd made the worst movie in human history. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, damn, I really should have listened to this before I uh, spent $3.99 on this movie. In the documentary, they make it seem like it was just misunderstood. But no. you're saying it was understood fully. And it sucked. I mean, unless, you know, you're on, like, K or something, I guess it could be huh. understood correctly. But it's not It's not good. There's all kinds of things happening, and we don't want any part in any of them. And apparently it was the nail in the coffin for Chevy Chase's career. Really? Yes. That's when he, like, gained a ton of weight and just became, like, a recluse after that. He really did, never did anything after that of any note. Didn't he do that movie with Jonathan Brandis? I mean... Man of the House? Jonathan Taylor Thomas, yeah. JTT. Yeah, that was Chevy Chase, was it not? It was, but I mean, you know, he never returned to his vacation glory. Mm -hmm. That movie is also very bad. I don't think so. I love vacation, and I love Christmas vacation. vacation. I love vacation. I don't like Man of the House. Oh, no, Man of the House is no good. (laughs) So I just got back from a New Mexican vacation. You did. I did. And it was full of experiences, both pleasurable and some difficult. (laughs) Lots of chips and salsa, tons of margaritas, a lot of beautiful wildlife and uh, nature. And then when my mom and I got back, we were at the airport and my stepdad recently got a new car, maybe like a couple months ago. And I was like getting something out of the trunk one day and I was like, oh my God, Rob, your license plate, it's like KXK. 
the license plate begins with, but it really looks like KKK. <laughs> and so I was like, I've been telling him for months, like, you really need to get a new license plate. Like, this does not look good. It looks like KKK. And then even if it's not KKK, it looks like you're trying to get away with something. You need to really, like, get a different license plate. So he hasn't. And when he came to pick my mom and I up at Kennedy, um, you know, in the arrival section, I was like, oh, there's Rob. And my mom goes, oh, yeah, KKK and screams it in the middle of like a ton of people. And I was like, Bobby, no. And she then like got mad at me. She's like, why are you always picking on me? I'm like, I'm not picking on you. You can't scream KKK out loud. You can if you want. I mean, you just have to move to a different state. But anyway, I was mortified beyond belief. That's how the trip ended. That's really all you need to know about it. (laughs) Uh, That sounds good. Did you eat a lot of hatch green chilies? I sure did. I ate hatch green chilies at every single opportunity. They're Did you delicious. Find turquoise that they were selling on the side of the road. Um, I came across much turquoise, but I'm not uh, really a turquoise fan. A turquoise is not for me. It's not part of my look. Yeah, it's not your vibe. It, it just isn't. I mean, I wish it were, but um, alas, it's not. So no, I didn't really buy anything actually. Well, uh, I oh, that's not oh. true. I got beans. Oh, beans, great. Dried beans, yeah. When I was in Santa Fe, I feel like I was maybe going to try to make turquoise a part of my look, and I couldn't because it was so expensive. <laughs> yeah, it's expensive, and I don't know. Something about it felt wrong. Like, yeah. like are we supposed to be buying this? This well, doesn't now, feel right. Yeah. I was there I was there pre-before cultural appropriation was bad. <laughs> right, <laughs> during its heyday when it was great. When it was really good. You were buying up all the kimonos and turquoise and mud cloth that you get your little hands on. This was like when every band that came out was wearing like headdresses in their videos, but they were all <laughs> white people. Do you remember that time period oh, in yes. our lives? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I was like, when in Rome? <laughs> But thankfully, thankfully for me, I could not afford the turquoise, um, and that's good, because otherwise it would just be sitting in Yeah, you'd just be staring at it. Waiting to be discovered by <laughs> cancelers. <laughs> so any Ben Affleck news this week, Nicole? Okay, so it's a little bit of a slow news day for Ben and Jen. Uh, that's Jennifer Lopez, not Jennifer Aniston. Okay, thank the Lord. Um... Hold on, sorry. I had to search what a treatise was. I lost my page. Okay, so it's a slow news day. So many, many, many news sources have just been reporting that they are house hunting an $85 million estate in Los Angeles. But we already knew that from last time. Like we already saw that they were looking for houses, saw that Jen is leaving Miami and moving to LA. And we don't think that they're going to move in together, but maybe they will because like I said, they're going to die soon. Right. Um, so that's pretty much all that they were reporting on. However, um, <laughs> the guy from Million Dollar Listing wanted to give them some advice. This oh, man. yeah. Well, what does he have to say? I don't care what he has to say because I don't Rent, care. don't buy. Buy, buy, buy. Sell, sell, sell. Um, but they're also, TMZ reported that Matt Damon joined Ben and Jen during a walk on the beach in LA, presumably to discuss his crisis because he talked about using the effort his treatise his treatsy his treatsy he brought his treatsy with him look i have a treatsy for you guys <laughs> um apparently they're going to be spending some time apart during the fall because they're both going to be working on 
items. So I don't know how the fucking news knows about this, but mm. they're telling us that they're spending as much time as possible together now before they have to spend some time apart in the fall. Well, and, let's pray for them. Um, Matt Damon is reportedly very happy that they're back together. We know that. He's, like, full of joy. He's just, like, using the F word, celebrating Ben and Jen. He's crazy. Yeah, this guy. It's crazy. This fucking guy. Um, the other thing that's sort of interesting, page six is really reaching here, but they said that um, if Jennifer Lopez still had the engagement ring that Ben had gotten her from the olden times, it would be worth $11 million today. Cool. That's, <laughs> like, such a good use of money, right? Just buy, like, a nice blood diamond for $11 million, wear it on your little finger. And then what did she do with it? She threw it out? Where is it now? I mean, she probably used it to buy a yacht or something. It's Can sitting with all of her turquoise. $11 million? <laughs> or how much do you need to buy a yacht? Uh, well, when I bought my first yacht, I got it at a at a bargain because somebody had uh, died on it, and oh, it no. it only cost it only cost twenty million dollars. Okay, so for eleven million, but that's a good down payment for sure. Yeah, sure. But there was a hole in it too. I think if you want one without a hole, it's going to be at least fifty million. Hmm. But still, even for fifty million, if you put down a cool eleven million as a down payment, your payments are going to be lower. I don't see what you can get on a yacht that you can't get on like a pontoon boat. You know what I mean? You like the you're on the water. It's water is water. Well, there's a lot you can get. There's like a full kitchen, a sleeping area that's underneath. I don't want to sleep on a boat, to be honest. I want to sleep on land. You do? Yeah, I would sleep on a boat under the stars. No, I would sleep underneath the cab in the cabin underneath where the mosquitoes can't get me. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I love. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I love the water. But um, I just feel like if you're out there, even if you're in a canoe, it's very nice. Maybe yeah, they should consider getting a canoe. There's something nice about living on a boat. Like when I went down to the Keys, there were a bunch of people that just like lived on their cool little boats and they had them docked up and they would just walk off of their boat onto the restaurant that we were eating at and just have dinner there. It seems great. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I don't trust those folks, boat livers. Sure. Boat people? Boaters? Yes. I don't know. They're not for me. I don't have anything in common with them. Give me a kayak and a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and I'm fine. <laughs> I'm low maintenance. Okay? How do you get sleep out there, though? You just sleep sitting up like uh, Nosferatu. <laughs> Next question. I don't really know. I don't, I'm not a very good kayaker. I've only done it one time, and I'd never done it before, and it was a disaster because I was so horribly sunburned. I was at the bioluminescent bay in Puerto Rico, which at the time was broken because of capitalism. <laughs> the bay was broken well capitalism which causes climate change which causes yes yes the microorganisms to not be alive um so it wasn't even so basically there's like a thing where you go kayaking out at night and you know the bioluminescence cell shows up and it's very cute mm-hmm. but that um, didn't work it was that was that future was not happening so what we did instead was just go night kayaking um, creepy but what had happened earlier that day is that my friend and I had never been anywhere close enough to the equator to know that it's like a little bit more easily sunburny down there mm, oh yeah so I became viciously viciously sunburned um to the point where the day after the kayaking trip when I went to the airport I had to buy flip-flops because my feet wouldn't fit into my shoes because I was so swollen from the oh sunburn. my god you swelled you were actually burned I was very badly burned. And so, but we decided to go on the kayaking trip that night anyway. So we were like freezing because you know how when you're really sunburned, 
<laughs> at night and get like, oh. And the water was like splashing on our burning hot sunburns. And it was like hurting our arms to like move the sticks that you used in a kayak. What are those called? Paddles? <laughs> no, they're called sticks. They're sticks. Yeah. Um, Maybe that was your problem. You were just using a stick. You need to use something with a flat surface. Ah, yes. So then my friend had been kayaking before, but I never had. So what I was doing the whole time was just like splashing water onto her in the back every time I moved the oar. Um, and, we, and we kept not being able to like go. We kept like losing the group because I was a bad kayak. You were just paddling only on one side. Both of you just kept going in a circle. No, I paddled on both sides, but it, <laughs> I did it wrong. It's not like so easy to just hop in a kayak and zip around, okay? I was born kayaking. <laughs> I came right out the womb. They threw a little tiny life jacket on me. Throw me in a kayak. <laughs> we uh, used to go canoeing a lot in my family. And there was this one time we were in Massachusetts and uh, they decided to take my grandma, who was like, I don't know, 85 probably at the time. And a lovely, such a fun, wonderful person, but just not really like an outdoors person, you know? Yeah. But she was like, she had a great attitude and she was always down for anything. So my grandma and I are in one kayak and one canoe and my mom and my stepdad and the dog are in the other canoe. And like, it was just one of those. I was like a shitty, surly teenager. Mm-hmm. My grandma was, didn't really know <laughs> She was 85. God bless her. She's like trying to fucking canoe. And then all of a sudden, a terrible thunderstorm came. No. And tore through the lake. And we had to like hide in the reeds. It was really bad. But um, my grandma was very sweet about it and definitely tried to like make the best of it. And she always had this saying, like she would just say at any time anything went wrong. She'd be like, the sky cannot always be blue. Sometimes a little rain must come before the sun comes shining through. <laughs> she was like saying that as we were like about to die. I was like, oh, Ibby. She was very sweet, that woman. Uh, what great posi vibes. I, yeah. So it's canoeing harder than kayaking because it seems like it is. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm going to share something right now that I haven't shared yet on the podcast. I've never been kayaking. <laughs> Oh my God. I've only been canoeing. I've never been kayaking. And I I may never go. You said, put me in a kayak and give me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and you would just be stuck there. You wouldn't even know how to get into the kayak. I would be eating peanut butter and jelly, that's for sure. (laughs) That we know. know I know how to do that. It's great on the water is sandwiches. That's a very good thing that can get wet and still be delicious. <laughs> I love a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I haven't had one in I don't even remember how long, but it's just like as a single person, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich feels like an impossibility to me because then I would have to eat, you know, 14 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and I only want one, which is why I'd like to lobby big bread into making two slice packs I know it's not good for the environment, but it doesn't matter now anyway what we do. Yeah, it doesn't matter. For so the, two slice for the packs. lonely single gal who loves a peanut butter and jelly. Are you sick and tired <laughs> of buying an entire <laughs> loaf of bread only to see it rot before your very eyes? <laughs> you have to put that in the freezer. It's never the same after it comes out of the freezer. That's you can't true. make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on frozen bread. I mean, you can make toast on frozen bread, maybe nice a club toast. sandwich. Yeah. Definitely not a, a plump, fluffy, delicious peanut butter and jelly. That I that mean, doesn't work. A PBJ on toast, though, for me is okay. That's sacrilegious, and oh, I funny. don't want to do the podcast with you anymore. Well, <laughs> it's not you, good on toast. You just blatantly lied about being in a kayak. <laughs> I know, I know. But I told the important thing is not that I lied, but that I told the truth eventually. That's true. So don't you can it. trust me. 
Okay. And that's why this week I'm going to tell you a very interesting story. You like my segue, Nicole? Good. Uh, yes, I loved it very much. <laughs> now, folks, <clears throat> this week's topic is very near and dear to both our hearts. Nicole, your friend over there, even once had an Instagram handle dedicated to this very topic. Nicole? Aww. I do you remember like, it? Yeah, it was called Chip Fan. Chip Fan. And I loved it. And I think you should bring it back. It was an Instagram about chips. Well, I can't remember the password, but I guess I could bring it back. I can barely update my own Instagram, though, so I don't know. <laughs> you can handle it, too. All you have to do is post pictures of bags of chips. I mean, I mean that's true. I was having here. a really good time with it before. The last post that I post is a semi buried in a heap of snow, but it's a Dorito semi, and it's pretty great. Yeah. Well, we were discussing what we should do, and I said, well, how about chips? And Nicole said, I don't really like Eric Estrada. And I said, well, too bad. <laughs> we're doing it anyway. We have a joke for people in their 80s listening to this <laughs> Are you sick and tired of your favorite podcast never talking about the TV show Chips? Well, welcome <laughs> to Life's a Banquet, a show that talks about obscure actors from the 20s, 30s, 80s, and today. 70s, and today. <laughs> Here on Heritage Radio, a network about food. <laughs> and actors from the 70s. <laughs> and actors in their 70s. Um, <laughs> so, did you ever see the, the Chips movie that Jack Shepard made? No. Me neither, but it was hailed as, I think, one of the worst flops of all time. Well, compare that to, oh, you didn't see it. What? To Big Trouble and Little... Tri What's the Jim Belushi movie that was bad? Oh, uh, Nothing But Trouble? Mm -hmm. I have to tell you that Nothing But Trouble, not to go back to it, but we are going to go back to it, <laughs> was just like, it was just disturbing. Basically, I'll give you the brief recap of what the movie is about. Chevy Chase is like a high-profile lawyer. He meets Demi Moore at a party. They need to go to Atlantic City. Two weirdos from the building join them convince them to try to blow off a cop who's pulling them over, who's played by John Candy. Then when they finally get pulled over, they're in like some place called like Vansylvania in what? New Jersey. And the the judge is supposed to be like over 100 years old and he's played by Dan Aykroyd. And what? when they judge you, the floor of the courtroom opens up and transports you into a jail cell that's also like a house of horrors. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. And also Tupac is in it. So this is like a horror film? Kind of. It's really, it's really like too much to bear. I actually just completely gave up on it and started um, painting my nails in the other room. And for some reason, <laughs> I didn't even like have the heart to go turn it off. I just had to leave the room until it was done. I couldn't even go near my computer. I'm like, I can't. Anyway. Well, this speaking of movies that our listeners have little to no interest in hearing us talk about. Yeah, um, yeah, go for it. I recently watched yesterday House of Games, which is a David Mamet movie starring his at-the-time wife and Joe Montana. And it starts off a little, um, like, weird and 70s and actory, even though it's an 87. Mm -hmm. But it gets really good. Really, about, I have to watch it. You should definitely watch it. It's about con men and getting conned, and um, the basically the entire time you're like you're just trying to figure out what's going on. And once you think you have it figured out, then you are conned and you get totally thrown for a loop. And it's Amazing. Well, 
David Mamet, uh, one of the great playwrights of of modern times. Never, I've never seen any of the movies he's directed, so I definitely watched it. Um, and it's great to watch things about con men, so you know what to look out for. Basically, yeah. like if anyone ever does anything nice for you, you should be suspicious. <laughs> yeah, and they have a few tricks in the trade that they huh. t- they tell you about. Huh, interesting. Also, you have seen a Mamet movie, which is The Verdict. Oh yes, I keep forgetting that you mentioned that the other day. The Verdict. Yes, Paul Newman. I have seen that. That was very good. But anyway, okay, come on. Topic. Come on, <laughs> come on, that? Nicole. Let's All talk right. about fucking chips, okay? Okay, chips. Okay, great. So, folks, I have a story about chips that's gonna blow your pants off literally um i got (laughs) all my information today from some very interesting and hilarious articles in fast company wikipedia consumer affairs a very interesting article in a priceonomics.com by alex massey um yeah so anyway i'm going to bestow upon you the tale of lay's wow chips nicole you obviously remember these chips I obviously do. What do you yeah. know about Lay's Wow Chips? What do you remember? So they're made with a lace straw. Mm-hmm. So they, I guess, I don't really remember what the whole deal, like it's like during the time of fat free, right? So oh, yeah. basically what a lester would do is like not be absorbed by your body. So technically all the fat from the potato chips would not be absorbed by your body, but you would still be consuming all of the calories. So it doesn't really make any sense. Exactly. The 90s, uh, you were very, very wrong about fat. I wonder who started this fat-free craze. I mean, I think Susan Powder, do you remember her, the exercise? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We did, um, I did the story of her one time when when Breton was on the show, and uh, we did, like, diets or something, and I did her story. She's an interesting character. She was very, very interesting, actually. Go ahead and go back, way, way back to our diets, our first diets episode back in the year 1867, (laughs) and you'll find that. Okay, so... Let me tell you a little bit about Lay's Wow Chips. Nicole, everything you said is absolutely correct. Lay's Wow Chips were a fat-free potato chip, and, like, they did lots of other chips, so they did, like Doritos, whatever, all Tostitos, all kinds of shit. Everything was wow. Wow! Um, they were by Frito-Lay, and they contained Olestra. So they were first introduced in kind of what is, like, the height of the fat-free craze when there was fucking snack wells. There was lean cuisine. There was crystal clear Pepsi, mm-hmm. and Crystal Clear Amical Ultimate. Um, <laughs> side by side on the shelf. <laughs> Basically the same. Um, and they were marketed using, yeah, Ruffles, Doritos, Tostitos. They were initially quite popular, and their, their sales, like when they first came out in the first year, $400 million in sales, which I don't know how many dollars norm, is normal for chips, but that sounds like a lot. Yeah, but who knows? Right, so two years later... They drop uh, by two hundred million, so people are like not happy already, and I'll tell you why. Because as Ole- <laughs> as we came to find out, Olesher caused quote abdominal cramping, mm-hmm. diarrhea, fecal incontinence, oh yeah, anal leakage, and other gastrointestinal symptoms in some customers. What other gastrointestinal symptoms are left? Mm, that's a great question, actually. <laughs> Spiders randomly forming in your colon. Ah. Um, ghosts in a sheet escaping through your anus. <laughs> right, that is scary. Uh, okay, so they had to put warnings on the bag, and the warning labels were required to include on the packaging, quote, this product contains Olestra. Olestra may cause abdominal cramping and loose stools. Yep. Olestra inhibits the absorption of some vitamins and other nutrients. 
quick sidebar and loose stools. There was a GM we had at Brucey ages ago before you started there. It's Guy Cameron. And he had an idea one time. We'd always make up like ideas for fake restaurants. And he had one that he wanted to call loose stools. And it was just like in the restaurant, there was no assigned seating or tables. And there was just like tons of stools everywhere that you'd have oh to like, put together to like make a table for yourself. And it was called loose stools. And I thought that was that very funny. It's the most hilarious thing. And the most nightmarish restaurant I could possibly imagine. You just walk in. There's no order to anything. There's just like... Just pull yourself up a bunch of stools. <laughs> Why don't you grab yourself a stool? Um, okay. Alastair was initially discovered accidentally by Procter & Gamble researchers F. Matheson and R. Volperian in okay. 1968 as they researched fats that could potentially be more easily digested by premature infants. Uh, okay. So it kind of, maybe it started off in some kind of altruistic way. Uh, Procter & Gamble met with the FDA in 71 to examine what sort of testing would be required for a lecture to be introduced as a food additive. So then we're going to go up to the year 1990, 20 years later, and Kraft asks the FDA for approval of its own fake fat, as did Arco Chemical and PepsiCo, who are the makers of Frito-Lay, and everybody's favorite GMO fucking pesticide company, Monsanto. Oh, yeah, they got to be up in there, too. And Unilever, who makes basically everything else. Um, they all spent millions and millions of dollars researching fat substitutes because, as you mentioned to start the show, people were obsessed with fat-free. So, uh, at first glance, it's like a dream, right? It's like, oh, my God, like we're hitting like li- liquid gold. <laughs> no pun intended. That is true. We're hitting liquid gold. People don't like fat. This is going to take all the fat directly out of chips the only unfortunate part is it it takes the fat out of chips and it shoots them directly out of your ass mm-hmm. within moments yeah it does so, do that. also it's still hilarious to me that like they were doing all of this research with scientists and nobody was like excuse me <laughs> i'm shitting everywhere whether or not this contains fat, it still has roughly the same amount of calories. Absolutely. Yes, that too. Like no one was like, hello, people, they're still going to become just as fat and they're going to ruin all of their clothing. Mm-hmm. So it provided the same satisfaction tasting just like fat. It, like, But a lot of people said it had kind of like a greasy feeling in your mouth, like more even than regular fat. I never noticed that. But I don't remember. I think I ate one and then I became disturbed by like knowing what it was supposed to do. Um, its molecules were too large to be digested by the body, so they passed through directly unabsorbed. Um, an ounce of regular chips contained 10 grams of fat and 150 grams of calorie. Wow chips had zero grams of fat and only 75 calories, so it had the half the calories. Oh, okay. It. But well, it's still that's a lot. good. So 75 calories is pretty good. Now, I, I wish they still made them. <laughs> I, they do. You can get them still. What? Um, they're called like light chips. And I looked around for bad reviews, but I could only find positive ones, one of which I'm going to read you at the end of this program mm-hmm. here. I first remember coming into consciousness about this uh, when I saw America's sweetheart, Matt Lauer, interviewing um, the, like, whatever, the the spokesperson for Wow Chips on the Today Show in, like, the late 90s. And I remember it so distinctly because the Today Show would always be on our house before school or whatever. And um, I remember him being like, so these chips say that they make the fat, they don't have any fat and, you know, they're like better for you. But I have to be honest, I'm reading the literature here and it's very disturbing. This recommends that people bring an extra pair of pants with them to work. If they're what? planning on eating these. 
Is that true? <laughs> yes. And I remember like my friends and I were like laughing and laughing about like work pants and like, did you bring your work pants with you today? Like, you know, like, cause you'd shit in your regular pants and mm-hmm. then you needed new ones after lunch. Totally. If you had a tiny bag of chips. <laughs> so you don't have any fat, but you do need to have like double the amount of clothing. I don't know if it's <laughs> mm-hmm. worth it to be honest. Um, there was like a study that came out at some point that found that Olestra could actually be good for you. Um, cause it could help rid your body of dangerous toxins. There was a study led by uh, a gentleman who's an adjunct professor of pathology and laboratory medicine at university of Cincinnati that presented a possible benefit of the fake fat, um, that patients who had high levels of PCBs in their blood, a man-made chemical known, and known carcinogen when they were fed either regular Pringles or those containing Olestra, the one people who ate the ones with Olestra after a year had a decreased amount of PCBs in their blood. Okay. So let's break this down a little bit. Number one, these people got PCBs from where? Like from Unilever and all those companies? Right, exactly. So you're getting the PCBs from the fucking chips you're eating in the first place, no matter what there is in them. So there's, and then they found a bunch of them and they're like, hey, do you want to participate in a study where we feed you Pringles (laughs) and record you're pooping. <laughs> <laughs> this proves that you can pay people to do anything. <laughs> now, the hitch here is you're going to have to live in a kayak for a year with a Wait. hole in the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do love a Pringle. So so do I. So do I. I mean, they have, I like when you put two of them in your mouth and it looks like you have a duck's beak, but mm-hmm. that's neither here nor there. Classic. So since 1996, the FDA has received um, from like a watchdog industry like that per- that provides legal representation to some of these people that have sued um, Frito-Lay and Procter and Gamble, more than 20,000 adverse reaction reports, mostly involving diarrhea, flatulence, (laughs) greasy stools, which I mean, come on, (laughs) stained underwear, orange colored oil in the toilet bowl Mm -hmm. and cramps. (laughs) Yeah. That's from eating the Doritos that have Alistair in them. Folks. If you're one of those people out there, if you're like me and you just can't stop eating wow chips, I just want to suggest to you that there are other dietary adjustments you could make if you want to cut, you know, calories and fat and, you know, maybe uh, get into better shape. You don't just have to eat chips that make your toilet bowl stained with orange oil. (laughs) It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Step back from that ledge. Um, Okay, this is a direct quote from a representative for the Center for Science in the Public Interest. It's bad enough that Frito-Lay still uses this uh, desecrated and dangerous chemical, one of the most infamous food additives in history. But by quietly, because they changed the name to light chips instead of wow, but by Mm. quietly changing the name of this product line and purposely de-emphasizing the presence of Olestra, Frito-Lay is really tricking the customers. And that description and that deception is putting Americans at risk of some pretty unsettling side effects. CSPI has taken this action only after many months of informal efforts to convince the company to take corrective action voluntarily. So they were suing them over and over and over again. So after Frito-Lay rebranded from WoW, their sales went back up, but they have also still been receiving an increased number of complaints, including from people who ate the chips thinking they did not contain Olestra. Right. Um, several victims of Alestra food poisoning spoke at a press conference at the time in 1986 to cite the following unpleasant symptoms. Are you ready for these people and their symptoms? I'm so ready. Okay. Many of these people are from the great state of Indiana. 
Oh. Nicole Bailey says, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Welcome, fellow chip fans. Nicole Bailey, a 79-year-old woman. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Dana Lofton, a 30-year-old mother of four from Plainfield, Indiana, said that her 14-year-old daughter experienced abdominal cramps after school after eating about 30 Cooler Ranch Wow Doritos at lunch. Her 12-year-old son experienced diarrhea for seven days. Oh, no. And gas after snacking on about five ounces of nacho cheese Wow Doritos at home. (laughs) He had an accident at his bed, in his bed, at 4 a.m. and missed two days of school. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. Wendy Guthrie said that she, her husband, and two sons, eight and four, got sick after eating barbecue-flavored Wow chips. All four, four suffered fecal urgency... (laughs) diarrhea, nausea, flatulence, discolored stools, and abdominal cramps. Also, folks, for those of you who like to eat during the show, this would be a great time to put down your uh, sloppy joe. Yeah. Also, what is the difference between fecal urgency and diarrhea? Maybe it's just the feeling that you have to have diarrhea. That's the urgency. you can't hold it in, maybe. Right, exactly. Like, whoa! (laughs) (laughs) When you make this face, and you hold your stomach. Iris Bennett, a 70-year-old, a 71-year-old homemaker from your hometown of Beach Grove, Indiana. Oh. Do you know this woman, Iris Bennett? Uh, maybe. I 71? Went to, I went to high school with people her? with her last name Bennett, but I don't want to, you know, <laughs> call it out. Okay. Well, anyway, Iris, I'm sorry, but you put yourself out there in the public. Got very <laughs> sick after eating half a sample bag of chips, about a half ounce. She experienced nausea, severe abdominal cramping, and vomiting. She ate the WOW chips around 3 p.m. as a snack, and the symptoms lasted until 4 the next morning. No. Now, this is terrible. Pat McGahee, a 63-year-old pet groomer from Indianapolis. Now, (laughs) I just want to say that, like, having urgent diarrhea while grooming a pet seems like one of the worst times to get urgent diarrhea. Well, all these people are from Indiana. I know this must have been only studied in Indiana or love, only people well, in Indiana. It was a press conference. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. This is fascinating. I know. So anyway, there you are. She ate a half a family size bag of chips. Now I feel like you might get sick from eating a half a family size bag of any kind of chip, but anyway. Oh no, you that's, can do it. It's fine. That's a lot of chips. But anyway, there she is. Picture it. She's grooming pets. There's a Bichon Frise fur and fluff flying everywhere. There's dog toenails being clipped, and there's poor Pat McGahey running to the toilet. Um, She said she had that as a snack and suffered a severe, horrible-smelling gas, bloating, flatulence. Again, horrible gas and flatulence seem similar, but who am I? I'm no no doctor. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yellow-orange stains and greasy stools. The symptoms occurred while she was at work. Uh, and lasted until 2 a.m. in the mor- uh, that morning. Her 29-year-old daughter experienced cramps and diarrhea. The Center for Science and Public Interest also reports that a 63-year-old Indianapolis woman ruined three pairs of underwear and had no friends for two days after eating Olestra chips. <laughs> <laughs> and had no friends. Oh, my God. Okay. Man. Yeah, because it would just leak out of your butt, even if you weren't <laughs> I doing mean, anything. Yeah, like imagine if we were like just trying to hang out and like you're like, Zayn, your oil is leaking out of your ass again. <laughs> like I I don't think we should be friends anymore. <laughs> not at not, least until this clears up. At least don't wear white pants when you're eating <laughs> a half of a bag of Doritos with the lustre on them. 
Okay, now this is where it kind of goes all the way to the top, and we're going to call out um, the neoliberal Schiller, who is Malcolm Gladwell. Everybody ready? Do do we know who Malcolm... I mean, I know you know who Malcolm... Nicole, do you want to tell everyone who Malcolm Gladwell is? He wrote The Tipping Point. He has curly hair. (laughs) (laughs) He is a curly-haired man who is very, very smart, but is also, like, really has fiercely defended the neoliberal agenda. And um, as we're going to come to find out, shills for big companies, including big tobacco. And so here we are. 2001, an issue of The New Yorker comes out uh, and an essay, a long form essay in it by Malcolm Gladwell um, puts the Alestra controversy into perspective by comparing it favorably to the effects of eating vegetables with fiber. No, it's not right. So he visit. He says that he visited the Procter and Gamble test kitchen in 1997, um, and Why? he had eaten plenty of chips with Alestra with no ill effect. Now, this caused me to have some real concerns about Malcolm Gladwell. So I did some like deep diving on him because I've always been suspicious of him a bit. I mean, me too. I, I don't even like the guy. Right. So. Um, I just started being, I started looking up Mar- like Malcolm Gladwell, corporate stooge. That's actually literally what I Googled. Dude, did <laughs> and, you do an investigative report? Yes, I did. So this is where our whole thing takes a turn. <laughs> um, so an article headlined Schillers for Killers published Tuesday on the news site Pando accuses Malcolm Gladwell of shilling for big tobacco. Um, this is like in the, in the early 2000s. It cites a college internship that Gladwell had at a journalism center, center funded by tobacco companies, an article that he wrote for the Washington Post in 1990 and the appearance of his name in a 13-page list of supposed advocates for Philip Morris. So there's a website called The Shame Project where you can look up people who have done public speaking for like big corporations, how much they've been paid, what they said, et cetera. Et cetera. Ooh, I love this. I know. It really gets quite interesting here. So in 2005, Gladwell was paid to speak at Philip Morris recruitment event. The company described the gig as highly confidential. Um, Quote, our efforts to develop a world-class leadership remain a priority. Philip Morris USA continued to enhance its leadership development efforts by introducing new sales training programs, increasing the number of employees who have facilitated and attended our leadership and development program and revamping our recruiting efforts. Um, Blah, 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 blah. Our mission and core strategies, a tour of the factory, a lecture by best-selling author Malcolm Gladwell, and two evening dinner receptions. Based on a form of evaluation, surveys of subsequent discussions and communications with the attendees, the event was very well perceived and rated by the attendees and having a positive impact on our ongoing recruiting efforts. So corporate stooge shilling for um, Philip Morris. So as suspected, I just, you know, when I read that he's like saying that Olestra is good for you and it's as good as eating vegetables, I was just like, he must be getting paid yeah, by like, you know, Procter & Gamble for writing this in the fucking New Yorker, which is bullshit. Totally and bullshit. But total also, bullshit. You know, 100% of the people aren't going to be affected. One man's experience doesn't mean that it's fine for everyone. Exactly. Like, but it's just like, why are you standing up for something that is like been described as like causing people to like, you know, leak oil out of their butt, like a fucking goddamn tin man. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. It was really, like, it really irritated me. And, like, yet this guy is just, like, parading all around as, like, he's some great guy. And I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, and he has a podcast, and people are like, I love his podcast. No, he's a he's a corporate stooge. 2007, Gladwell held ex-Goldman Sachs CEO Hank Paulson's move to the head of the Treasury, praising him for being among those self-selected towards public service. Um, Gladwell did not mention that Paulson saved him roughly $100 million in taxes in moving straight from Goldman Sachs to the Treasury. Cool. Um, Also cited in this article, in 1990, Gladwell, uh, when he was a business reporter for the Washington Post with the headline, Not Smoking Could Be Hazardous to Pension System. It It featured economists predicting increased federal spending, on Medicare and Social Security as more people live longer by smoking less. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, truly, I really never expected my fucking reporting on, like, diarrhea to take this turn, but I'm really glad it is because it's, like, important as I think, like, Nicole, really, I mean, you're so ahead of the curve on this and you've, like, really helped me come to consciousness around this is just not blindly trusting people that, like, you're supposed, you know what I mean, are supposed totally. to be quote-unquote good guys. Yeah, I never liked Malcolm Gladwell. I did read The Tipping Point when it came out probably right around the time that uh, a lesser was happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, it was sponsored by Procter & Gamble. Yeah. Um, this man is made of a luster. Also, I guarantee this guy's never eaten fucking a wow chip in his life. While Gladwell was an undergrad at the University of Toronto in the early 1980s, he had a summer internship at the National Journalism Center in Washington. Here's how Ames characterizes it. Gladwell has been trained at a tobacco-funded right-wing group called the National Journalism Center, whose alumni include Ann Coulter, Fox's Greg Guffield, Tim Carney, and Debbie Schussel. So... Why can't there be any, like, left-wing tobacco guys? Because people <laughs> who are leftists do smoke cigarettes. That's like, true. A lot of them. Yeah, leftists do smoke. It's a conundrum for, I feel like, you know, as a leftist, I often feel in a conundrum when I'm doing things that I know are, like, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. renting fucking nothing but trouble on Amazon. Who yeah. the fuck do I think I am? That's terrible. I'm like... Jeff Bezos is a monster. Here's $4 so I can watch fucking Chevy Chase and, you know, run around with, like, a bunch of people in mutant suits in the mm. basement of Dan, a- Dan Aykroyd's house. I mean, you really have me intrigued. I kind of want to watch this now. You should watch it. All right. <laughs> I'm going to leave you with the one and only positive re- review that really stuck out for me on Amazon.com reviewing the revamped WoW Chips from Mom gives it five out of five stars. I don't like baked I think she means, or they mean, baked chips. Yeah. Well, and first of all, she is wrong, because baked Lay's barbecue flavor is delicious. I like the baked Lay's cheddar flavor, but that's just me. I don't like baked, and it should be my choice. Wow. <laughs> uh, my I body, want my these, choice. I want, exactly. Mine, body, mine, choice. She's like, I don't want the vaccine, and I don't want baked chips. I do <laughs> want Chet Hanks in my bed tonight. Um, I'm just kidding. Okay. I don't like baked and should be my choice. I want these back. I'm diabetic and these are my saving grace. I don't like baked. Okay. We understand, (laughs) ma'am. Please, ladies, bring them back. They gave me crunch and apparently my body got used to the Olestra because the effects went away. Um, I use three bags a week. (laughs) I use three bags a week? (laughs) That's right. I use um, three bags I mean, a week. It does make sense that it would probably, you would become acclimated to it. That's interesting. So people are just like 
so freaked out by their orange stained underwear that they just <laughs> threw out the chips. But if they really had given it a chance, you just become acclimated after a cheese a chance. But I don't understand why these chips are better for her diabetes. Like it doesn't make any sense. To what me. is this, Wilford Brimley up in this piece? As a non-doctor, I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, look, it's just the, like, American fucking problem of being, like, I have diabetes, but, like, I must have processed foods instead of, like, I have diabetes. Maybe, like, chips aren't for me anymore, unfortunately, or I have to find another crunch that will work with the disease I have that maybe could help cure me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we have Malcolm Gladwell to thank for that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, let's blame him for all of this, really. So... Basically, what we've learned is that Malcolm Gladwell has orange stained underwear, <laughs> and he likes it. And he thinks that that is also what happens when you eat vegetables. <laughs> He's like, it's the same as eating vegetables, right? Like when you eat an eggplant, your underwear is stained purple. When you eat a, <laughs> I mean, when you do eat beets, your poop is purple and, and or pee. red, and it's scary at first. Yeah. The first time you eat a beet, you think that you have colon cancer. Um. And also, if you eat a lot of carrots, your skin turns orange. That's true. My skin has started to turn a little bit, like, more orangey-hued since I've been juicing a lot. And my friend Alexis, who juices, like, twice a day, has, like, basically, like, bright orange skin. She looks like Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds great. I'm not interested in that. Uh, I mean, it's nice. It's like a natural tan without having to, you know whatever you did burn it's yourself like, beyond recognition like the natural tan that looks like you got a spray tan <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh well, it felt good to laugh because uh everything else is really so bleak out there yeah well at least Cuomo resigned you know oh my god I have a funny joke to tell you but off air about Cuomo okay. <laughs> that Becky and I thought of today if anyone wants to hear the joke you can personally call me I'll tell it to you um, but, but I'm also not... my friend posted a thing, which is obviously like altered, um, but it was Cuomo and I wanted to send it to you, but she has private Instagram. So it, it said, Cuomo says, I'm not perverted. I'm just Italian. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You know what? It's true. And the one thing I did like about <clears throat> Cuomo, aside from his nipple rings was that he was Italian, and I we don't to, we don't really have enough Italian lawmakers. And I mean, as a part Italian person, I have to admit that that's probably a good thing. <laughs> 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 because you simply can't don't seem to be able to handle the responsibility, Italy. Um, no, I mean obviously good riddance uh, for Cuomo, but um, this woman that who is the replacement is just you know another neoliberal so don't get There's too excited replacement already yeah the lieutenant governor oh she's right that's how now works. the governor and she was the head of some big bank or something she sucks um oh, yeah but i mean she can't i'm mean, like she's gonna continue the status quo of course look new york we had the chance to get a real progressive governor in here a couple years ago cynthia nixon and everyone was so concerned that she didn't have enough experience may i just remind you that fucking ronald reagan was the governor and obviously that didn't turn out well but you know, he still was elected and yes. a lot of people seem to like him. And I just, you know, I don't, I think we should think about not worrying so much about how much experience someone has necessarily for being governor and uh, a little bit more about what their policies are. Are they going to hide a bunch of dead bodies? 
No? Okay. <laughs> That's a good thing. At a nursing home. At a nursing home. Are they going to cut Medicaid and Medicare during a pandemic? That's also not good. Um, are they going to share spaghetti and meatballs with Chris Christie, like a scene out of fucking Lady and the Tramp? <laughs> Did he do that? Well, he was just as responsible for Bridgegate as Chris Christie was. Totally, totally, totally. Um, but anyway, good riddance, Andrew Cuomo, you are, uh, really a shitbag, and, um, don't let the door hit you on the way out, or do. The Big Food Question is partnering with TD Bank on five special episodes about the resilience of small businesses in the face of a constantly shifting pandemic landscape. We cover avenues for accessing grants, loans, and financial services through federal and local government programs, as well as via nonprofits. We examine the benefits worker cooperatives present to workers, communities, and our food system, and share resources to learn more about operating under this model. We're talking to business owners who started pop-ups and became permanent during the pandemic to see what we can learn. Don't miss these episodes. Subscribe to The Big Food Question wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to TD Bank for supporting this programming. Oh, we should obviously talk about our favorite chips. Now, this is going to be a two-parter. So do we want to talk about our favorite chips you're doing? Should we reveal what you're going to do next week? Um, sure. No, I mean, no, let's let's do it. Okay, fine. Let's just talk about our three favorite chips that are non-potato chips. Okay, great. Okay, what are yours? Well, Doritos. Okay, which flavor? Nacho cheese. Although, I was thinking about doing the history of Doritos, and I saw that the first flavored Dorito was a taco flavor, and that's actually my favorite, and I do remember it from being a child. Do you Um, remember it from when I did the history of Doritos a couple months ago? Well, I remembered, I mean, not the taste. You didn't tell me what it tasted like because you never had a taco Dorito in your I life. I never did. I've never even had a taco, like a regular taco <laughs> or a Dorito. But also like salsa verde Doritos. But no, I did not memorize your episode um, from the year before. Um, well, how dare you? Um, Better get back in your kayak. Salsa verde Doritos, very good, very spicy. Mm. Um, I love a sun chip. I like the garden salsa version. That's sick. Uh <laughs> and also sometimes i have a hankering for plain sun chips that come in a blue bag oh get out of here two of your top three are sun chips no i'm just saying oh, I, get, okay. I live with five doritos what about cheddar sun chips they're not as good as the oh. garden salsa we disagree on so much yeah we have nothing in common you like kayaking i prefer canoeing yeah. You like toasted fucking peanut butter and jelly, which is just beyond comprehension. Anyway, what's your top top so tip? Non potato, I guess. Then I'll have to switch over to a questionable option, which is combos. I don't like combos either. I like them. I know. But I've I mean, been on a road trip with you, but they're not like. That's not really you, a chip. That's a you snack. You just really want like two of those, and not like the whole bag. But then you can't stop eating them because of all of the delicious flavors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Okay, fine. Combos it is. Um, I'm going to pull out a real fucking couple fringe chips here. <laughs> okay. Now, my number one favorite, I'm going to go from number one down the line, a tortilla chip. Oh, you're a, just going to do a tortilla chip? A good tortilla chip. Okay. Like, 
First of all, I love the Hermosa chips that mm-hmm. are out now. Those are probably the best bag tortilla chip available that I've ever had. But like a good freshly fried tortilla chip at like a Mexican restaurant, I mean, really nothing for me beats it. Working backwards, um, I don't know if you're going to consider this um, a potato chip or not, but I'm going to say it. Okay. Uh, munchos. What are munchos? And not to be confused with Munchausen syndrome. <laughs> Although (laughs) they're also kind of like diabolical. Munchos are like, they're like almost like the consistency of like a pork rind, like a thin pork rind, but Hmm. they're like a chip. They're like a potato kind of-esque chip. I don't think I've ever had them before. Yeah, they're really, they're pretty good. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Um, And then I guess, you know what else I really fucking like is fucking bean chips they're delicious oh that's right yeah those are good and low carb or no not low carb no high carb low gluten (laughs) another thing that we're gonna look back in years and be like oh remember when people were like although some people really do have a gluten problem and for those people i say go with god but for the rest of you come back to the the light side (laughs) um but bean chips are good my mom always gets them bobby and rob are like huge chip people but they would never be like they would never get Doritos because they think that's like unhealthy, but they'll like, they always have like bean chips and like bombas and like tons of chips in the house. Yeah. Also, is a cheese doodle a chip? Because a crunchy cheese doodle is probably like a Cheeto is actually probably my favorite Yeah, that's chip. a chip for sure. Okay. Well, that has to go in somewhere too. Um, and that's, uh, that's a more, baby. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that Cuomo, when he had, like, mic dropped, had said that. That's, That's amore. amore. <laughs> that would be amazing. I would have changed everything I felt about him if he had simply said that amore. <laughs> could have really redeemed himself for, like, That's 11 true. years of bullshit. We like that man. <laughs> get, bring him back in here. Let him, let's get him to say something Italian. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, and that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> Bam. A little garlic. Okay, that's enough. Um, that's enough. Let's get out of here. Guys, That's it's been great. Go get yourself some chips, or as Nicole uh, turned me on two years ago when we first met, um, a chip buffet. Oh, yeah. Simply must have. Yeah. Just if you're ever wondering what to do for a party, just get a bunch of chips and put them out. That's all you need. Okay. Uh, love you very much. And hasta la pasta. Bye. Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.